yeah, they, they warned me about all the things that I faced in the end. I was warned, but yet I never listened. I remember I actually had a mental breakdown. Like my mother called me and I started crying three days before an exam. You've been trying for this almost your entire life. You're not gonna quit. You're gonna do it, you're gonna finish your degree and you're gonna adapt to the new environment. You feel like miles away from other countries, you know, in terms of the way of thinking and stuff. And then I realized that actually we're not so much uh, different, you know, we're very much alike actually. But the way we do that, that's different. Moving away from home. I'd heard stories about it. This isn't my home. It's changed my life. I really wish someone told me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Statelessness. My name is Anas, and in this podcast, I try to bring societal awareness to foreigners of different countries in different countries. Between adversity and culture shocks, each episode will give you a different perspective of what it's like to live away from home. So my friends tell me that the way I ask my listeners to follow the podcast's Instagram page, at Statelessness, is cringy. They actually said that. But I told them that I don't need to ask my listeners to follow anymore because I know that you all already followed the Instagram page, at Statelessness, right? And I even told them that you've subscribed and left a review for the podcast on the podcast platform app that you're on right now. Would you want to let me down? After all these episodes... Also, not flexing, but if you notice the release date of this episode, the 25th of March, you will shortly find out that the Statelessness episodes are actually historical. So let's jump right onto it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, from a flight deck. This is your captain speaking. Welcome on board. AGM flight uh, 600 to London Heathrow. This week's guest is from Greece. I, I never call it Evans. Well, my actual name is Evangelos. I just got the Gelos part, and so I kept the Evan, so it makes more sense in the UK, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Evangelos means the messenger of good news in the Orthodox Church, which is the prominent faith in Greece. The 25th of March is Evangelos's name day, celebrating the angel Gabriel telling Mary that she would have a son, that is Jesus. The 25th of March is also the Greek Independence Day, a national holiday celebrated annually in Greece commemorating the start of the War of Greek Independence from the Turks in 1821. In the aftermath of the global 2008 financial crisis, Greece went into a government debt crisis of its own, causing the longest recession of a capitalist economy ever. In fact, Greece still has scheduled debt payments that are repayable beyond 2060. I'm proud on how resilient the Greek people are. And in a way, because when I was a teenager, I grew up in Greece, and at the time it was the peak of the financial crisis. So, you know, you could see it everywhere around you, you know, the effects of the financial crisis. And yet... Because Greece is a very family-oriented country, the support system between the people was so strong that they kept being happy, you know, in many ways. Even though they were afraid that they're going to lose their house, they were happy. And this is why, like, if you look at statistics, Greece has the lowest suicide rate in Europe. And, you know, given that the past 10 years with the financial crisis, you know, more people, like, of course, you know what happens when something like that happens to an economy. So I'm proud of that, you know, and how resilient we are, and how the bonds that we have with our families and with our friends and how strong they are, this is something that I'm proud of. 
you know, for my people, my culture. Now, when it comes to like the thing I like most about Greece, well, first of all, it is a lovely country in many ways. Like, for example, the weather is what we all love. It's like the, it is considered the sunniest country in Europe with the most sunny days per year. So, and it is a beautiful country, like with all the islands and everything there, the nature there. Like, I've traveled a lot and I'm trying not to be biased, but honestly, when it comes to like, nature and places to go the beauty of greece is like out of this world honestly honestly and i'm trying not to be biased honestly if you go there you're gonna get what i mean usually around january and february it might get cold but still it doesn't compare to like northern europe like you even if it snows which is rare at least in southern greece where i'm from from athens it's gonna be for like five days do you know what i mean it's not gonna be for too long so Yes, it's, the weather is good in all seasons, and in the summer, of course. Well, in the summer, actually, it might be too hot, to be honest, and especially if you live in a city, it might get a bit, you know, exhausting at times. But the good thing with Greece is that it has a huge coastline as a country, and so wherever you are, if you have a car, you can end up to the scene like, maximum 30 minutes. So this is a good part, you know, at least... <laughs> Even if you live in a crowded city, you know, it's too hot. You, you always know that you can get your car and like 20 to 30 minutes, you can be at a wonderful beach and just swim and, you know, do your thing. Most people, you know, they know about Greece, like they think of history, you know, ancient Greece and stuff, all the marbles and everything. Ancient Greece is one of the oldest civilizations in the world. Some symbols of the culture still remain in today's Greece, which attracts a lot of tourists to cities such as Athens. I lived with the Greek people, and they were telling me about how the tourism is ruining Greece. Like, it's too busy, stuff like that. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't say ruining, you know, because let's be honest, uh, tourism is one of the biggest factors for Greece's economy, right? It depends on tourism, the economy of the country. So I wouldn't say that it ruins, like, <laughs> the contrary, it saves <laughs> the country in many ways. But if you think about the way of living, it can get a bit hectic at times, especially in some very touristy destinations like some islands, like, for example, Zanti, Mykonos, uh, Paros, you know, but usually the islands, uh, this happens during the summertime, usually. What happens there is, like, it gets so crowded and sometimes, you know, there are many tourists that disrespect the place where they go. Like, for example, party towns in Greece, like tourists from Northern Europe, you know, the UK, Germany, go there to party basically because it's cheap and it's summer, you know, and all that. Usually they destroy the place, you know, because they get way, way too drunk. But... Other than that, like, if you see tourism in other places like Athens, where the tourists there go to actually explore the culture, see the museums, you know, the ancient monuments like the Parthenon and stuff, like, they're more, how can I say in a, like, politically correct way, they're more high-class tourists in a way, like, they go to actually get to know the culture and learn stuff about the country and the city that they're visiting. They don't go there just to get drunk and then have fights, you know, and destroy places. So basically, yes, there is a bad side to Greek tourism, but at the same time, there's also a good side. And I would say that the good side, you know, is more powerful. <laughs> 
and as a result of the crisis explained earlier, the Greek political system has been appended, social exclusion increased, and hundreds of thousands of well-educated Greeks have left the country. It was nice in many ways in Greece because you have many liberties, especially as a teenager. So what I mean that, well, there are laws in place, but they're not enforced. So what I mean is that things are not that strict. Like, for example, when I was 15, I could go to a club and drink. Do you know what I mean? So I had these experiences very early on. And growing up in Greece, there are, how can I say this? There are a few things that you get to learn, like... First of all, they teach you in school to be proud of your country and the heritage, you know, of your culture. Given And they focus a lot on ancient Greece, of course, you know. And they teach us to love our country in a lot of ways. And sometimes, you know, we get so... Um, how can I say this? We take things for granted and we do not appreciate them that much. You know, I've seen, like, a lot of tourists, like, appreciate Greece more than I do. So this is interesting. But yeah, when it comes to growing up, I always felt safe. And uh, I didn't face any problems, honestly. I I had a good childhood. I don't know. Honestly, nothing bad comes to my mind. Like, apart from the fact that when I was a teenager, it was when the financial crisis hit. So that was the negative factor of me growing up. Because I was growing up in a country where, like, we, my peers and I, we weren't allowed to be ambitious about the future. You know what I mean? We, it was so obvious to us that we didn't have a future in terms of career-wise, you know, like getting a good job, uh, making a lot of money, you know, have a good life. That was unheard of when I was growing up. We weren't allowed to think that. And even though I wasn't affected by it that much because I have certain goals in my mind and I'm really ambitious, I remember like many of my peers... They were just, like, they were going into the service industry without even bothering to study something because they were so sure that things are going to stay the same, that there is no future, basically. So they they became waiters, uh, bartenders and stuff. And so they stopped dreaming, you know, and they stopped setting goals. So that is, I think, the only negative thing I can tell you about me when I was growing up. As I've said to you before, like as a person, I'm very ambitious. So for me, it was granted. But to a large extent, I owe that to my parents. Even with the financial crisis, you know, because my family was affected a lot as well. You know, we weren't that lucky. (laughs) Um, And so they made sure that both me and my brother keep setting goals. And they, I remember, because both me and my brother... We were worried. And so we asked them, are we going to be able to go and study? Are we going to be able to do that and this? And they always made sure, they uh, telling us that choose what you want to do and we're going to support you no matter what. So in my mind, I knew that I have my parents to back me up, you know, and that they were going to do everything in their power so I can make my dreams come true and I can go and study and do all the things I wanted to And they actually did, now that I have done all these things, you know, for both me and my brother. It it was hard for them, you know, they made a lot of sacrifices, of course, but this is what I was telling you before. It's like, the bonds in the Greek family, you know, which happens to most of Greek families, to be honest, we're so family-oriented, so they make sure, you know, they wanted us to succeed, so they sacrificed a lot from their 
you know, their needs and wants. They sacrifice them so me and my brother can go and get a good education. So in my mind, I always knew I was going to study. You know, I wanted it. I knew my parents, you know, were going to back me. So it was granted in my mind, you know. But going abroad for university has been a dream for Evan uh, since a young age. I remember even as a child, I was always fascinated with English-speaking countries. And by English-speaking countries, I mean the US and the UK. I don't know if it was the movies. If it was, but I was always fascinated by the idea. So since I was eight, ten years old or something, I, I was always like, oh, I want to go live in New York. Oh, I want to go to London. Oh, you know what I mean? It was always in my mind. So I always wanted to experience what it means to live abroad. And when the time came that I had to like think about what I was going to study, what I'm going to do, attending a Greek university was not even an option. Like, to me, it was like a one-way road. Like, I couldn't go to the U.S. to study because it's crazy expensive, but I could go to the U.K. So, to me, it was like, yep, that's it. I'm going. I I don't care. (laughs) So, yeah, it was... What shaped Evan's experience in the U.K. was his expectations of the country. Two weeks before I left to go to the U.K., I wasn't actually thinking about it because my father had an accident, so I had to face another issue at the time. So, you know, I didn't have the time to actually think about how it's going to be once I get there. But I can tell you, since this was, like, I was thinking about it for many years. So my expectations were extremely high, which was a mistake, I can tell you now. But here's the thing, I was so sure it was going to be what I thought it would be which made me blind to many things. And also, you know, when it comes to like, I remember like researching in the internet. And you know how in the internet, like you read articles and stuff on how life is in the UK and how it, how it is to be a student in the UK. Like they beautify everything in a way that make it sound so amazing. So, you know, I was like, I wanted to believe that. So I did believe it in the end. And um, I remember like asking my brother, who at the time uh, was a student at the University of Glasgow. But me and my brother are completely different people. So he had an amazing time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was the time of his life. So I thought, well, fuck it, it's going to be the same for me, you know. And then, you know, I realized, even though it was in my mind for many years, the day I realized what was happening is the day I went to the airport to actually leave. Because as I was telling you, you know, that last two weeks before I left, I had to, you know, deal with another issue. So it became clear to me once I went to the airport and I actually started to cry for some reason. I don't know. Because, it, it, you know, here's the thing. Well, I started to cry mainly because I was leaving my mother, you know, with my father who had the accident at that point. So to me, it was a very emotional, you know, thing. And so they couldn't, you know, accompany me to the UK at that point because my mother had to stay back to take care of my father, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So I was on my own, completely, you know, because usually students, you know, come with their parents or someone they know and stuff. So I was on my own. I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this, you know. But once I got to the airplane, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And uh, yeah, but when I came here, I can tell you that my expectations were not met in a lot of ways. Well, some were met, but most of them were not. And things completely changed, you know, after that. 
the first thing that shocked me was the language. Like, I've been studying English for 10 years, you know, when I was in school back in Greece. And I was, you know, very confident in my abilities, you know, in order to, to speak, understand, write. You know, I had a proficiency level um, exam, you know, I had a diploma in English as well. So I was so sure of myself that I'm not going to face any issues. And then uh, I remember the first day I came to Newcastle, like I went to the first day, the first night when I arrived, I stayed at a hotel and the next day I was going to go to my accommodation. And I remember when I spoke with the receptionist, I was like, what the fuck have I been doing for 10 years? I couldn't understand a single word because you know that the accent here in the north is stronger than the south. And even though I have visited the UK before I came here to leave, you know, when in London and stuff, but the accent in London is very different. Like you can understand it very easily, even if you don't know that good of English, you know. And I was like, is there something wrong with me? That's what I was asking myself. So this was the first thing, to be honest. But then... The first two weeks were amazing, honestly. Were amazing because I was so excited that I finally made it because it was my goal since I was like a little child, you know. So I was so excited that I finally get to do it. So everything seemed perfect to me the first two weeks. Yeah, I remember especially Freshers Week, even though I couldn't bond with the people in my flat and, you know, people I've met, like, for example, um, you mostly British people because in law like 95% were British there weren't many international people so you know you had to actually you know try and bond with them and so I didn't care that much because we had so much fun we were going out and I was so convinced that you know this is what I wanted so I'm gonna have fun and that well after that when you know lectures started and a daily routine you know were set in place basically I realized that mm, maybe it's not as good as I was expecting, you know what I mean? Things were start. I was starting to noticing things that I didn't like. Like, for example, in Greece, we get to go out by the time we we're 15. So when I came here and I was 20, I was full of that experience. And I have the need, you know, to go out, get drunk and do all this crazy shit. Like, whereas British students, they get to go out for the first time when they go to the to uni. So this was their priority. And so we drifted a lot in that part. And also, before I came here, I was expecting, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to hang out with all the British kids, you know, we're going to have an amazing time. Because in my mind, you know, I wanted to become part of this culture so much as a child. You know, I was so affected by the movies, as I've said before. And... I realized that I couldn't bond with them in many levels. I don't know if it was because I was older than them, but what they were talking about, what they wanted to do was so superficial in many ways. And in Greece, even even as teenagers, we're used to like, okay, yes, we go out, we have fun, and we do crazy shit. Yes, of course, everybody does it. But we actually bond in a deeper level, like we share experiences, we talk about, you know, we're having long conversations about whatever, you know, serious stuff. Like, I remember being 16 and having three-hour conversations about politics, which, let's be honest, when you're 16, you have no fucking clue what's happening in the world, you know what I mean? But still, you know, we were trying and we were bonding over that. And so when I came here and the only thing that we could talk about is like, okay, where are we going to get drunk? 
And so I tried for the first semester to bond with them, but then I just quit. I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm not gonna change who I am, you know, to just... Yeah, because I had to change a lot in order to bond with them, which was something that I didn't want to do. I came to the UK to evolve, to become a better person, not to like actually take 10 steps back, in my mind. But to be fair to the UK, Evan says he was satisfied with a few things out here. To be honest, there were expectations that were met. Like, for example, you know how good the uni was organized, you know. It was like the organization... Especially in the law school, they were so supportive and stuff. Because, you know, with Greek universities, they're like, they don't care that much. In many ways, they're not as supportive as they are here. So this is an expectation that was met. And I was really happy about it. Because I knew that every issue I had, I could go talk to someone in the law school. And it was going to be solved. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, other than that, I'm telling you, you know, most of my expectations were basically in the social context and they were not met. And after I returned from Christmas break, like it was the first culture shock that I remember feeling it so strongly because, you know, I started to feel alone, you know, the loneliness and all this. You know, I was in another country on my own. I knew someone from back uh, home, though. So that was, yes, a good thing because I wasn't completely alone. But still, I felt so, it was so strong. At some point, I wanted to leave, actually. You know, I didn't want to stay here. I wanted to quit, just go back to Greece. And But then it occurred to me, like, you've been trying for this almost your entire life. You're not going to quit. You're going to do it. You're going to finish your degree and you're going to adapt to the new environment. You know, so basically I tried to discipline myself into not making, like, a stupid decision and quit my degree and lose so much money, to be honest. And uh, so you remained, but then I focused more on, like, I've met a lot of people from Greece and Cyprus, which are two countries who share the same uh, culture and language. So I started bonding with them. And then also with some friends from, like, uh, Germany. I've met some people. And also I had a very good friend from Pakistan, which was, you know, at that time, it was surprising to me, given that I've never met someone from Pakistan. And in my mind, they're completely different cultures, you know, because, you know, in your mind, when you're from Europe, you feel, like, miles away from other countries, you know, in terms of the way of thinking and stuff. And then I realized which is one of the good things, and actually, we're not so much uh, different, you know, we're very much alike, actually. I'm telling you, I was a friend from Pakistan and a completely different cultures, but still, I was able to bond more with him than with many other Europeans. So, I was shocked in a good way, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it is one of the expectations, actually. Like, when you go... To stand in the UK, you think, oh, I'm going to meet people from all around the world. And I actually got to meet people from all around the world. And I realized that we're not that different from each other. You know, we share the same fears. You know, yes, there are some differences, usually because of religion or culture, you know. But other than that, we're very much the same in a lot of ways. That was extraordinary for me, to be honest. And it is one of the main things I'm really happy, you know, about my decision to come here and study. Because 
in a way, I feel now more like a citizen of the world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But the thing about racism is that it's not necessarily a conscious mindset. A lot of us are racists to certain cultures because of the media that we get fed without hearing the story from people who actually live there. Because Greece primarily, like 98% of its population are native Greeks. It's not a multicultural country, you know what I'm saying? And usually, you know, the people who immigrate to Greece usually are refugees. Like, for example, when with the Syrian civil war, huge waves of refugees came to Greece. Usually there's a stereotype for, like, when they think of people from countries like from the Middle East, in their minds, like, the image that they have is that of the refugees, you know, which sometimes are illegal refugees, not refugees of war, which is a bad thing, you know, because the, usually that relates with uh, criminal actions and stuff, so... There's a lot of stereotypes around that. And even though before I came to the UK, I was always proud of myself for being open-minded. And I was always trying not to think with stereotypes and like put labels to people because I'm a minority as well. So I don't want to like, when it comes to stereotypes and racism, you know, I'm against that because I've faced some of that as well. But even me, you know, when I was thinking of people from the Middle East, yes, I had that in my mind because that was the only thing that we knew in Greece, you know. Apart from the tourists, you know, the people that immigrated to Greece, but usually either they would be refugees or illegal immigrants, but when I say illegal, I mean, like, usually there were criminal actions involved. Do you know what I mean? So that was a huge issue for Greece. Like, there are parts of Athens that you don't hear Greek anymore. So, yes, basically that happened, especially with the refugee crisis, because Greece, you know, get the most out of the refugees who came to Europe. They all passed through Greece, so... But, yeah, and when I came here, I realized that I still had that stereotype in my mind, you know. Even though I wasn't acting on it, in my mind, you know, at the back of my mind, that existed. And then when I met this guy, especially from Pakistan that we knew from Greece, are like... I remember saying to myself, fuck, how wrong are we, you know? Like, I'm not saying that Greek people are racist. What I'm saying is that the only thing that they got to get to know when it comes to these countries is that. So in a way, I can blame them. But on the other hand, I was like, it was extraordinary for me. And from that moment on, like, I think all the stereotypes just left the building, you know, in many ways. And I'm really happy about that, honestly. Because, you know, you get to actually have the real picture of how these people are, you know, and get to actually learn about what's going on in their countries, from their perspective, you know, who they lived... Exactly, not from the media perspective, who, you know, the media always portray, like, things... They overreact, you know, they're very dramatic. So, like, for example, like, I remember, like, Greek media showing, like... Yes, a bomb gone off in that country, but they made it like it was an atomic bomb or something, you know. Like, they overreact, they make it so dramatic, so that you think that these countries are like rubbles, you know, they destroy, which is not the case, do you know what I mean? And so, I think this is one of the most important things. When you go to a multicultural country like the UK, you actually get to learn how it's like to live in these countries. Yeah, the but when times got hard for Evan with adapting well, to life in the UK... He remembered why he came here in the first place. That, like, I said to myself, stop whining, 
like a little bitch, you know what I mean? Like you've made a decision, you know, keep faith, you know, and just continue doing what you're doing. After all, you did not came here to party and stuff. You came to get an education from one of the best universities in the UK. So you're lucky to even have the chance to come here. And, you know, that helped me because I knew many people from back home who couldn't, even if they wanted to. They didn't have the means to study. And they might even wanted it more than I did. And they might even performed better than I did if they had the chance. So I'm like, don't be ungrateful, you know, start whining and learn to adapt and be happy with what you have. So basically, around that mindset, this is how I lived after that for until today. I stopped trying to force myself to hang out with people that I couldn't bond, you know, because that was more exhausting than actually staying at home. And not doing anything. Do you know what I mean? Like trying, like trying to, um, how can I say, to portray something that you're not. Like but that was exhausting for me. Like I've never done that in my life. I wasn't going to do that here. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like it's better to just stay alone instead of just pretending to be something you're not. But then I adapted. I found some, in a way, a safe heaven to people of my culture, which in many ways could be a mistake, given that when you go abroad, one of the things you want to experience is like get to actually know new cultures, you know, and actually get to know people from around the world. And so me, even though I still have friends from other countries, not that, you know, I completely surrounded myself by only Greek and Cypriots, but primarily, and at some point, it felt like I never left home. When it comes socially, at least, do you know what I mean? Which, on the one hand, it was a good thing because I felt safe, because I was having a good time, because I, I could communicate, I could bond with them, and I've made great friendships over the years. But on the other hand, I was depriving myself of the chance to actually get to know other things. Do you know what I mean? So yes, this is maybe one regret, but. At the same time, I'm not regretting it. And I have so many experiences from the past four years that I've been living here. And many of them experienced thanks to these people. So I would not change it, honestly. Even if I could go back in time, I would still want that. One of the th funny things that I realized is that when I came here and through the years... I realized that I was more Greek than I thought I was. And you know, it's funny because when I was living in Greece before that, I remember my friends telling me that, you, oh, you're not a serious Greek, you know, you're like um, you're more American and stuff, you know, because in my mind, the way I was acting, the way I was thinking, it was more like, you know, the US um, and the UK, you know, but because I was, as I told you before, I was very influenced by these cultures. So when I was in Greek, they were when I was in Greece, they were telling me, "Oh, you're not Greek enough." In a funny way, not a serious way, but you know, they meant that because it was true. I was different from them. But when I came here, I realized that I'm way more Greek than I thought so, and I realized that I was taking so many things for granted. My friends from back home, you know, my family, my culture, the food, everything. And now, 
after four years, I can tell you that I can appreciate Greece in a lot more ways than I did when I was li- when I was living there. And this is, I think, one of the top, le- I think the most important lesson that I learned here. Did not take anything from granted. I had to leave my country to understand what it meant to me. Do you know what I mean? And this is one of the main reasons why I'm going to return as well. But now I know I appreciate, you know, the country. I was one of those people that always complained about, you know, the situation, the economy, like, oh, we can do this right, we can do that right. And I wasn't thinking of the good things. And then when I came here, I started to realize that I'm in love with this country, with Greece, and I didn't know it. I want to come back to, to the advice part, but first of all, I want to ask you, if you were to go back in time, would you come back to the UK? Yes, definitely. I would do the same thing over again. Like, even if it wasn't the UK, like, it, it would be another country. I would still go abroad. I, it has been one of the... No, actually, it has been the most enlightening, like, experience of my life, you know, in many ways. It's not only, you know, about education. It's like the skills that you develop by being independent, you know, by living on your own, surviving on your own, you know, being lonely, you know, because this is a, like, you learn a lot about yourself when you're lonely and you don't have anyone. And so the past few years I've developed as a person, you know, and I feel like I know what is going on now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel more whole because if I, like, if I've never left, I would still have it in mind. Like, it would be like, oh, how would it be, you know, if I went abroad and stuff? So, no, I wouldn't change it. My choice is like my degree, the city, the university and stuff. No, I wouldn't change something. What I would change is that I would like to be more disciplined in my first year. But this is purely like for academic purposes. Like I think usually in your first year in the UK, because the marks do not count, everybody, you know, just tries to barely pass, which is what I did. Like, I pa- like my first year was a third class mark. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I passed with a 42 overall. <laughs> and, and actually I failed one module and I, ha- and I took a receipt. So in the second year, where the marks count, and usually in the second year, uh, they expect a lot more from you than they do in the first year. I had to learn everything from scratch. Do you know what I mean? And I was doing, uh, and I had a hard degree. So I had to learn how to study, how to write, how to argue. From this, I had to cover like two years in one, basically. And so that's why, to me, second year was the most exhausting thing that I've ever done because I didn't have the experience to draw from the first year because I just barely passed. But second year had goals, you know, which in the end, yes, I achieved them. But I'm telling you, if I actually was disciplined in my first year, it would be like not a walk in the park, but it would be easier. I wouldn't be that stressed. Do you know what I mean? Because the, the hard thing was psychologically like the mental breakdowns, you know, that I have, especially in exams. I remember I actually had a mental breakdown. Like my mother called me and I started crying 
three days before an exam. I was studying for one and a half month, 16 hour days, every day. I was waking up at eight in the morning. I was sleeping at two and a half in the night, every day. But that happened because I didn't know how to study, basically. So I was so stressed that what I was doing wasn't enough. And so I overdid it. And I had a mental breakdown in the end, as you can understand. <laughs> and I remember, especially in the third year, like in my exams, I, yes, I've studied a lot, uh, don't get me wrong, but I've studied like less than the second year and still I managed to get way higher marks because I knew how to do it. Exactly. I knew how to do it by then. So for me now, the hardest year was the second one. Okay, final question. Back to the advice that you were talking about. What would your advice be to someone from a similar background, like Greek, mm. who wants to come to the UK? As in maybe warn them, tell them about something they would take care of, just general? Well, first of all, that they should do it. That's the first thing. This is not second guess themselves. It is a good experience. Whether it is bad or good, in the end, overall, you learn something from it. And they should do it. 100% if they have the means. Because you don't listen, you know, if you don't experience it, you can't know. So you keep imagining things. But once you go there, you understand firsthand what it means to live abroad. You can have a more objective view on how the world works and how it is actually. <laughs> now, when it comes to what they should look for, my advice is have no expectations at all. Like, just keep an open mind. Look what the place that you're going to actually is. Do not expect many things. Because the difficult part, many times, you know, for people like have gone through a culture shock or something, the difficult part is that you're disappointed, basically, from the expectations that you have because they were not met. So you keep thinking that, oh, I was what I was thinking was complete bullshit basically and that everything was a lie but if you have no expectations and you have an open mind you go there and you're able to quickly adapt to what you want as a person not what you think you should do do you know what I mean like you go there see what's happening and then act on it like don't have a specific action on your mind you know or an image on your mind and you're like because I did that mistake I had a specific, a specific thing on my mind and a specific way of life on my mind. And I did, in the beginning, everything in my part to make that true, which was a mistake. Just keep an open mind and do what feels natural to you. Like, don't expect much. Just live it. Just experience life. It is an experience. And you should get the most out of it. So just keep an open mind and just live. You know what I mean? Thank you so much for listening till the end. I am so grateful. If you liked the episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast on whichever podcasting platform you're listening from right now. Due to the UK lockdown measures in response to the coronavirus outbreak, I will not be able to go down and record an episode with another statelessness. It is now a choice between sacrificing, you know, audio quality through an online recording or to take a break till times are better. I'm not sure of what I'm going to do yet, so 
I don't want to promise you that I'll see you next week with another statelessness. Instead, I ask of you to stay home, stay safe, and don't forget to wash your hands. Connect with me on Instagram if you like, at statelessness. And I'll see you later. Home is where the heart is. It's incredible. I'll be keeping that.